Hello, and welcome to part two of a two-part series with me interviewing Aaron and Elliot St. James of Columbia Tours. Like, after all the trips I've been on, all the people I've met, all the stuff we've done, all the... When I was younger, I would sit there and dream of being out on the road and meeting people from corporations, right? And then yeah. pressing them and getting them to agree that our tools were worth buying or whatever. And it's like, it come, it, you end up back in the factory anyways, and it, it doesn't even matter at the end. Not, it's not the end for me, but like after enough time in it, you realize yeah. that you just need to put up really good product, back it up, and you got to stay in the game a long time. I'm your host, Nick Harmon. On today's drywall podcast we get into all kinds of interesting topics surrounding branding and how to get into various yards we talk about columbia's relationship with phil from prc taping the drywall podcast was brought to you today by fresco harmony Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. Super excited to have Aaron and Elliot back on the Drywall Podcast for this 26th episode of the Drywall Podcast. For now, Aaron and Elliot with Columbia Tools. Let's get into it. Check, check. You guys can't, no, you can't hear me? No, oh, okay. Can you hear us? We're there. We're there. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. it takes so long for Zoom to like, I don't know why they don't just put the video and the mic on. You have to click all this shit and yeah. You should have to turn it off. You should have to turn it off. So you guys got a chance to listen to the podcast. Um, did you yeah. like it? I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I, you never like hearing your voice on the radio or TV, right? But yeah. But it, I'm kind of used to it now, right? I'm kind of like, yeah. I, I, that doesn't bother. When I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, I sound like that. Remember you had like the little Walkman thing and you yeah. record your voice and I was like, holy shit, I'm an idiot. I, I, um, I've i sang and I've written some music. And so I've sang and I play the guitar and I've sang okay. and made music and done that. And yeah. that's very, very challenging. I have this thing on my personal Facebook page called Sunday Sessions. And I go on and I'll play and sing an original tune or a cover song like live and um, just to challenge myself. And uh, I was doing that for quite a while. That That's very hard. But uh, your, your mom tells you you're good at singing. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. She's very, very supportive. Very supportive. <laughs> Are you acoustic guitar or what genre do you uh like how do you how do you play acoustic and electric? I have a badass old Sears Silvertone, uh, the same the same setup that Jack White uses. That old uh, it's like an old uh, tube amp, and then I have an old guitar that's my grandfather's. I like that raunchy uh, Black Keys. I'm into the right. I'm into Jack White, the White Stripes, like that sound. Um, but I do love playing acoustically, and generally, if I write, I'll I'll play the acoustic guitar. Okay. It's a more the white stripe type genre then. That's cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, not, that's not easy to play, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I don't play his stuff. You know, I kind of have my own sound, very bluesy. But uh, we, uh, my wife and I just saw Jack White in Santa Fe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Cool. It, all acoustical set. It was it was awesome. Nice. Now, Albuquerque and Santa Fe and like... You guys got a lot of a good art scene there, like music and stuff. People like to come yeah. through there, like festivals and 
Yep. For the amount of population you guys have, you guys yeah. have put a accents back. Yeah, well, Meow Wolf was developed here. Um, that's a that's sort of a rising phenomenon. It's this art cooperative that uh, they created this house of eternal return. And uh, and actually, like I'm into like Shaky Graves. We saw Shaky Graves play there. And it has a performance space, but it's this trippy house that you go through and it's all, everything's artistic in it. Everything's really? like, it's like a maze, but you yeah. you can like walk through the refrigerator into another room. And uh, they, and now it's, uh, it was backed by George R. R. Martin. Uh, he backed it. He lives in Santa Fe. And now they're in uh, Denver, I believe, Las Vegas and a couple other locations. In They've got heat. They got huge, yeah, different, different, weird artistic huh. setups that you can go tour. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, Albuquerque is like the dirty uh, drug addict stepchild of Santa Fe. They very much yeah. look down their nose at Albuquerque, you know, yeah. but Albuquerque's like got the cool progressive scene and Santa Fe is kind of like hoity-toity, uh-huh. you know. But 30 minutes apart or so or not too far? An hour. Yeah, it's an hour drive. Taos is like, yeah, your hippie ski town. That's the whole okay, hippie ski. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah I want to and that's, that place. that's a further hour north, uh, hour and a half north. But fun fact Albuquerque sits at 5,000 feet elevation. So we're way up, like, I think higher than Denver. And then uh, at, uh, Santa Fe, it snows every year. Santa Fe is like 7,000 feet elevation. You know, it's funny. It's like New Mexico, like Arizona boomed, obviously. And Colorado has been growing steadily for years. But I mean, Phoenix, like 20 years ago, was little. Uh, but Albuquerque and Santa Fe didn't get that same population influx. Not not totally yet, anyways. No, no. Is- we're, too ge- we're too ghetto. <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's major highways. I don't know. I don't know what I've never. Is. I've always wondered why New Mexico never. Mexico. It's rough. It's rough here. Uh, like, like Breaking Bad is not far off. Vince Gilligan was very particular about the way he designed wanted, that. Wanted to portray it. Yeah. 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 And they, and they and they those guys love it here. They all bought houses here. The cast and the crew. We've got Netflix. We've got Sony. We've got SpaceX. We've got. Uh, you know, Facebook, um, Amazon, corporate like, headquarters. Corporate yeah, headquarters. there, there's a lot of energy here. I think that, that is oh, sort so of still coming to New Mexico. Then it's I think of... so. They call it like, so, yeah. yeah, the next Hollywood or something, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really my time there. I was only there for a couple of days, but we drove up from, uh, from Phoenix, uh, and I really enjoyed the time I spent there. Just you know, the the different little diners and stuff along the road. It was great. Yeah, yeah. But I, I want to I want to spend more time there. But it, uh, yeah. no one's ever going to New Mexico, like hardly ever. No, like you know, yeah. people. Are, hey, you want to join me? You want to New Mexico? Aaron, no. Aaron, you're the first person. You're the first, <laughs> you're the first person. person to invite me there. And we'll get into this branding conversation. It's been kind of fascinating to me. I can I can cut out the chit chat or not. You know, I like chit chatting with you guys. It's I think it's all good stuff. Um, you guys are pretty cool. We're around the same age, so. <laughs> and we're in the same industry. Like you know, it's a win win. Branding. Uh, what 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 was your view when you started Fresco Harmony? What's your view now of branding and and breaking through that 
peripheral I was, screen. I was talking with my wife about it this morning and we were talking about influencers and I was talking about specifically, and I can cut this out, but uh, uh, I got I got approached by uh, Wolfgang with, with Can-Am. So, and, and, and I was at, and we just did a FaceTime and we were, we were chatting, um, you know, and, but he, and I was like, well, why specifically would you reach out to me now? And he was like, well, specifically because you reached out to Columbia. (laughs) He's very honest. He's a very honest guy. Yeah. He's a cool dude. And, uh, you know, I love that he's like, you know, he's, he's very forthright. And I like that there's competition there and um but it's interesting to me like nobody gives a shit about fresco harmony like what i'm up to it could be a good idea bad idea whatever has nothing to do with anything until i make a podcast and my wife was saying well it's because you're you're targeting your industry and that's a it's a different approach but we were talking about how there there's a movie called um uh, uh rexum have you seen that with uh you're talking about so, so they bought a English Premier League team, way low down English Premier League oh, yeah, team. Yeah, called, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a show. There's a show yeah, called well, Wrexham. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Ryan Reynolds is. It's a fantastic oh, show. Right. He's not Ant Man. He's Deadpool. No, the other guy though. Deadpool. Deadpool. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Deadpool. My bad. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes in podcasts, I get like you're my brain. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> cinephile over here. I like, no, I'm glad you corrected me. I'm glad you corrected me. So, so what's brilliant about Wrexham is not the fact that they bought this shitty, uh, English premier league team. They aren't even premier league. There's like six tiers of English premier league. They're like like below that. They're trying to get in to like, just compete against these lower echelons. So that's how bad Wrexham is. But what's brilliant about the movie is they bought this team specifically i think to to help the team but neither one of them were into soccer but it it has it has everything to do with like branding of his product because he does alcohol is a big thing now so these guys are they've got they've got aviator gin so the team's sponsored by aviator tiktok jumped on tiktok is sponsoring Rexum, this show on team or something like that or apple tv or well that's how i yeah the show yeah. So, but how brilliant, how brilliant is that? Like buying a premier league team has nothing to do with marketing his alcohol, his, his liquor, but ultimately that's the byproduct of, what, you know, what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. That's fascinating and brilliant all at the same time. No, and like, well, it's, a, it's a source to get your awareness out there. Right? And like, like for sure, like, I mean, definitely leave the Can-Am Wolfgang part in. It doesn't matter to me. He's a great guy. He's an honest guy. He's a hardworking guy. He makes a good product. Um, he's looking to market it. He wants to get in hold of you, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, you, you created a platform and you created a venue in an industry that didn't have one. Right, um, right. The thing that I think about marketing now, though, is like, at first you're trying to get momentum or or some acceptance, right? And And usually, like, when you're little – you're, you're working off anecdotal evidence. There's like one guy who loves it or one company that loves it. And, and it keeps you going. That's like the fuel that keeps you going when you're, when you're small and you're like, it makes you think it's bigger than it is. And yeah, it has, yeah. You're, you're, you're in a world with, with no agreement, right? There's no agreement that, that your product's needed, that it's yeah. good. So you're out there in the face of no agreement and, but you run into these people and these people keep your dream alive, right? Yeah. Because they, they, they embrace you and they engage you and, um, I think what's happened here at our company is that 
we did we we fought that fight and we stayed in late long enough to get enough recognition to get some momentum going where people like our tools that we don't even know and we don't know where they are and like fresco harmony one day you might see a guy post in in i don't know italy doing a house and that'd yeah. be awesome that'd be like, yeah awesome it's happened but then at the end of it now not the end of it but later in my career i'm like i just want to make good tools and yeah um, because like kind of like a musician like they probably do all the stuff in the early days to you know play shitty bars and to get yeah notes and, and to get a contract and then then the record label wants them to change and yeah, all the yeah, stuff yeah. that happens you know like that then they right? end up going back to their roots and then they end up yeah. going back at the end yeah I've a few of those yeah. lately like uh and they just play whatever the fuck they want. They don't care if you want if you want yeah. them to play the hits. They they might play. Some well, hits. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam was like that. Yeah, you know, he wants to they, play his they, new stuff, right? And then like even like uh, what the, it's kind of funny. I, like my friend wanted to go to Michael Bolton on his fiftieth birthday, uh-huh. and uh, the guy's awesome. But what I realized when I was watching his concert, he played he played his hits, right? Yeah. But he, he wanted to play. He wanted to play. He played some opera. He played some blues. Like he just oh, wanted, interesting. He just loves music and wanted to play music yeah. for right yeah and i think that's kind of where i'm at with gravel tools now it's like i just like today i was loading some milling machines we got a guy off uh he wants to become a fire fireman so he's taking a medical course so i'm running two milling machines and it's really bright here today kind of like a snow snowy kind of day but it's not snowing yet okay and the doors open and the sun's shining off the aluminum and like after all the trips i've been on all the people i've met all the stuff we've done and all the when I was younger, I would sit there and dream of being out on the road and meeting people from corporations, right? And then yeah. pressing them and getting them to agree that our tools were worth buying or whatever. And it's like, it come, it, you end up back in the factory anyways, and it, it doesn't even matter at the end. Not, it's not the end for me, but like after enough time in it, you realize yeah. that you just need to put a really good product, back it up, and you got to stay in the game a long time. That's kind of the yeah. third thing. So. You guys have experienced like a you know a level of success, and granted, like it was you know uh, like Joe Koenig, you know it took yeah. it was generational. Like yeah. like I yeah. was talking with yeah. Wolfgang about like in this industry, being like a bootstrapper is like for uh, sure yeah. very Wolfgang hard. For Fifty years, right? Wolfgang, yeah. He, 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 he worked with the previous owner of uh, Can Am as a machinist, and then he bought it from the owner of uh, yeah. He's he's been around a long time. Yeah. Very, it's it's interesting. No, we, it's very, we have very had cool. success. Joe Koenig's had a lot of success. I mean, he, he's in a bigger market. There's more dollars in his market in his in his uh, channel, like being a being a consumable material that uh, the Trimtex makes. Right. But, uh, he he's a passionate guy. That guy. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, he's. <laughs> I don't know, man. That guy's that guy. Most most guys would have been gone years ago. No, he's like still, either yeah, he's sold or on right off the field. Yeah. He's he's so involved. Uh, and Wolfgang was saying that too. Like in this industry, you have to be that way, kind of. Yeah. You you have to be because because otherwise, you know, people people would just give up. Yeah, you you well, there's um, like Aaron was saying, there's a lot of turnover now at the drywall yards, and um, you got to stay with your finger on the pulse of what's happening out there. Yeah, you, you can't just you, ignore what's going you on. You can get forgotten pretty quick. Yeah, and so interesting. Like doing and what Wolfgang's doing, it's you know, pick up the phone. Uh, Scott Murray from Level Five did a great job of that before, and I, I'm sure with his new company, will still. And well, we're a big industry, but we're not a big industry. Like it's pretty small niche, graphically. Yeah, no, but it's pretty small niche. Like yeah. It's, yeah, oh, it's a niche. But well, it's and the people, the people, it's a small community. Like, Very small. 
Like, like yeah, on yeah. other industries, you know, you go to like, you know, go to a tile convention or something. It's probably way yeah. different than Intex, yeah. you know, or anything like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've, you, we've got like a handful of players, yeah. you know, it's really weird. I think, I think what you're going to find with your product is that you're going to end up doing it on your own in the end, I think. And what I mean is you already are doing it on your own, but the larger corporate entities only take notice when you're a revenue stream for them. They're not really yeah, yeah. You can help you pioneer it. Um, right, it's, right. It's only gotten worse with the profit and loss statements and the, the managers get like a, I don't want to say a fine, but they get a deduction off any variable bonus pay if, for stagnant inventory and like, <laughs> well, just the yards, they, they, they have, they get an audit on their, on their inventory inside the supply yard. And, and okay. anything over 90 days, it goes a score against, you know, a total score. Of, um, yeah. So, oh yeah. Um, you know, that you have to keep all the stuff. Yeah. The, pro the profits got to keep up rising when you're, uh, yeah. you know, I can say yeah. fuck and nobody, yeah, exactly. I don't care. doesn't well, that's matter. That's why we've kind of appreciated staying, staying small too, is we can yeah. kind of do whatever we want and we can, you know, we can help people the way we want to help people. And yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, your, uh, your product's going to take quite a bit of work, but, it, but you've done a lot of it already from what I understand. Yeah. And you know, like when you're boiling water, you're, you're literally transferring heat into the water. So you're getting molecules moving in the water and they start banging into each other and they start creating friction and it you know, yeah. boils. Well, you're out there trying to move molecules in people's consciousness over yeah. what you do. Right. And you're like, yeah, and you, you got to watch it though. Cause you can get a little flame going and then it goes out. Right. Like, you, yeah, you, you <laughs> yeah. don't stay on it. Right. That's a good analogy. You were talking about the, the monkeys too. And the, you're, oh, yeah, it's spot monkeys. on. It's spot on. Yeah. And it's just like, can your body hold out? Can your stress levels hold out while you're trying yeah, to do You're going to have ups and downs right. the whole way. Right. You're going to have, I, ha I have to have this attitude of like, I get excited and I want it all to happen. Like I yeah. want to do a deal. I want to do a deal and make a bunch of money. And then I want to be in like 50 locations. Yes. And it's like, sure. it doesn't, do. well, it doesn't it, you have to do. You got to have a goal of getting in 50. You know, just go. With it. Yeah. But it, but you, I have to start though. I have to start with that first molecule. I have to start with yeah, like. You got to see what it takes. Does it yeah. take doing five colors instead of 50 colors? Does it take. But but the, giving away free product in, in certain markets, what does it take? You know what I mean? And yeah. those are the steps you got to do to get but there. The funny thing is the 50 yards, I like that. So that's that's your goal, right? Your current goal? Is that like a – Sure. Or you made that up? That's a good one. It's, a good one. Okay. It's, it's arbitrary, but like uh, it's realistic to be more sustainable. Like that yeah. would be a good number. And, and if I would reach a critical threshold, I believe, at that number. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, nobody's, they're going to know about me. If I'm in 50 yards, I'm doing 50 trainings. That would take a lot. That would take a large amount of time. I'd have to, I go to each yard. I do a training. Um, there would be a lot of awareness around the product at that point. There would be a critical threshold at that point. So, so here's the thing. So 50 is the goal. I had a bunch of goals and I still do have goals, but I had a bunch of goals when I was younger in, in our industry and I still do have other goals. Um, but what Aaron and I were talking about the other day at lunch, and we we're talking about you and the podcast and stuff is by the time you reach those 50 yards, you will have forgotten <laughs> you, wanted to, you wanted to get 50 yards hey, no, yeah. so long and one day you'll be sitting there maybe eight years from now maybe five yeah maybe 10, whatever and you'll be like i have 53 yards yeah 
it'll, and you're you're because you're on to the next goal already and you're you're moving yeah. forward you're on 100 yards right and you don't even realize you have the 50. well the process is so long and the journey is so different than you think it's going to be yeah yeah you forget about the 50 and you're like because you, you, you'll maybe get 23 and maybe you'll lose three yeah. of them and there'll be all this stuff goes on right and you'll hire someone and you'll yeah, maybe yeah. find a little inspirational partner to work with or our customer and uh and then one day you'll be there and it'll be like 50 yards and yeah. you're like huh but it won't even be that fulfilling necessarily um, right uh as that's much, the sad part that's the sad part <laughs> i call it no that no that's a good point i call it the juice like when you're yeah. doing a business people think that you just arrive at this miracle place um yeah. it, it's it's the juice so when i and it can be even as small as making a sale um but like uh i was talking i was talking with somebody the yellow jacket guy so i interviewed him have you have you mike rowkett with the yellow hey, jacket holder it's a bucket holder yeah he's like an old he's an old drummer we were talking about you know i was like why did why haven't you quit you know and uh it's that it's that good golf shot it's that burst of it's that burst of juice that you get when you make a sale or when i sign up a yard i'm here talking i was more excited about this talking to you guys um and selling a color pack i love putting those things into the fedex package and shipping them off it's my my favorite when you get something that you haven't had before and yeah. you could be getting orders for whatever 50,000 from here, but you get an $800 order from somewhere you've never had to, and yeah. you've been trying to get into there forever. Yeah. It still hits, right? Yeah. It's still, yeah. Yeah. You call that yeah. the juice. I like it. I like that's it. the juice. Yeah. That's a little burst of juice. Those yeah. are what we, those are what we live for. There is yeah. no end game. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek. Yeah. Uh, he, he talks about, this thing called the infinite game and the finite game. Hmm. And he uses the analogy of Apple and, and Microsoft all the time. But the infinite game is when you're just playing the game for the sake of playing the game. And uh, the uh, finite game is like when you're playing for to see who wins and loses. And a hmm. lot of people go into business with the concept of, you know, I'm going to like build this up and sell it. And yeah. Other people go into it with a different attitude. Like, even if I sold this, I would still want to nurture it like a baby and like mm-hmm. go do trainings and make mm-hmm. sure it became successful, like whether I owned it or not. Yeah, but, but when, you, when you go into it, when you want to just sell it, you make different moves than when you have a 30-year vision or a 40-year vision. You 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 cut corners, you make different moves. You It's a different way of operating for sure when you're when yeah i I find the people that are playing the you said the finite versus infinite finite versus infinite game i'll send you he does a whole 40 minute talk about it it's very cool okay what what i find when someone's playing that finite game they're relatively easy to compete against relatively easy because they're predictable they're 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 working off a balance sheet they're they're watching their money because they're trying to like execute a 10x thing or something like that where they put mm-hmm. 100,000 in trying to get a million out and yeah and they won't they won't go down side roads they, they they're on a mission to do that to sell the company or to do whatever they're doing yeah but the the other guys are the scary ones right the, the guys playing the infinite game they're, they're the ones like you just you just give them respect you're like okay man that's his territory we, we're not getting because they stay in their lane too they don't give a shit about what you're up to they they because yeah. they're focused on their game yeah. And, and what in, they're in their playing. I've, and I, I've been shut out. I've been like in a town and they're like, no, we, we just deal with so-and-so. We just, and, yeah. and I, everywhere I go and I go, 
holy yeah. shit, what's going on here? And then yeah. I find out years later, he was golfing with these guys and he was like bowling with oh, these yeah. guys. And, and he was like, I was like, I was wasting my time. This guy, that was his territory. He earned it straight up, you know, with relationship and time and energy. I come in 10 years late, 10 years late to the territory yeah. and forget yep. it. Loyalty. There's like loyalty. So that, so, and, and, and to give to, for credit for you guys, it makes me think of Phil, that story with Phil, and this is kind of where we wanted to start anyways, but Phil with PRC taping, he's in Canada, you're, you're surfing the web. You're like, "Ah, I'm going to look up Columbia tools, hashtag, hashtag Columbia tools. Phil's already on top of it. He's like, hashtag Columbia tools. You know, maybe he's on the front end of the, you know, remember they were yeah, doing yeah. that like on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think him and Justin Timberlake were making fun of the hashtag sure, this and that. Sure. But uh, they, uh, you saw you saw something there though that I think is different. Now, stop well, me if I'm wrong. Were you on the front end of that curve, like ahead of uh, Scott? Because Scott's there too, too with the branding. So you were on so the we- front end of that. Well, I saw it as, so we had built out our factory. We we bought a new building and we built our, our factory with new machines um, that could run overnight. And we were coming out with these new products. And before when you'd launch a new product, it would take three years sometimes before people would even know about it. You'd put it on your price list. You'd let the dealers know. And I started seeing this as an avenue to get our new products out there faster. And we had to come up with new products. We bought all these new machines and it's time to start innovating. Um, and I saw it as an avenue to get these new products out there. We were coming out with the Predator Taper, the Corner Cobra, came out with the 14-inch box. Was that your first taper, automatic taper, or the Predator? No, no we have been making the, it was the first carbon fiber one. Okay. Was that, I, was that I, the first carbon fiber on the market? Yes. Yeah. It was actually invented by a guy named Don Burns in uh, Meridian, Idaho. Boise area. Okay. Yeah, he's a great did guy. You, did did he approach you to sell you the technology, or did? Yeah. So what happened was that we were at an open house at a L and W supply yard, like one of those. Sorry, and we'll get back to Aaron. We'll get back to yeah, for how, sure. how, how this yeah. fill, fills in with Phil. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'm I'm interested. So we were in this. at an L and W supply yard, and, and we had a little booth, right? And, and we were there with a great manager and uh, Jason Mitro there, and he put on a good show with food and everything, like you know barbecue pork and all that stuff, and. But anyways, they, I got asked about three or four times, like, you, you, you've met Don, hey? And I go, no, I haven't met Don. Well, you've seen his taper, right? He made one out of carbon fiber. I said, no, I haven't met Don, no. Uh, so I finally got his number, and I phoned him up, and we went over to his garage, where he worked out of. And he had made a carbon fiber taper, and uh, he was a machinist uh, before he became a drywaller. And um, anyways, we made a deal with him. Uh, it, wasn't necess- it wasn't that it was patented or anything. It was just a, a deal to work together and for him to get revenue ongoingly from, from it if it worked. And uh, yeah, it was great. He'd already had it tested for a year or two with yep. two or three full-time he, tapers that tape yeah. every day. He had had he approached any other uh, companies with this concept? So. No, I don't think so. No, Don didn't really care. Like he, Don, he's a tinkerer. He just wanted to, okay. he, just, he, he was doing tool repair and he, he had shut down his drywall company. He was real proud of it. Yeah. And he was he was real real a real proud guy and he um but no i don't think he had designs that's like, weird a drywaller that's real a drywall a drywall guy that's really proud his vision didn't go outside of boise i don't think. well maybe yeah, maybe, maybe. He, he was just really proud of what he'd done yeah. and he yeah he would, he would he would sing the praises of it and he thought everyone should have one he, you know it was like that and he didn't quite 
I think he had thought about it. You know, he was he was thinking about taking guys' tapers and changing them over to that in his garage. He was guys. doing repairs and he was okay. taking, he was putting the new body in thousand bucks, thousand bucks. I'll take your taper and put yeah, a put a carbon fiber housing on it. Like that. More like that. But anyways, he um he was he 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 did a bunch of little uh things to people's tools he thought were better. He's one of those type of guys. But yeah, but on, on the proud note, we'll get back to Aaron and Phil at PRC, but on the yeah. proud note. If you're not proud as a drywaller, you're done because no one else is going to praise you, right? On the job site, you're alone. That's there. true. That's true. You well, Fresco, Fresco Harmony, you get a little bit, you know, you. Oh, okay. you oh, okay. yeah, I can see that. I can see That's that. a big deal. That's a big deal. So yeah, when you yeah. when I go on there, all of a sudden I can be a prima donna because I'm doing fancy walls, and you get appreciated. It's Your big difference. Come through. Yeah. Sorry. Women are, women are putting their numbers, slipping it to you. Hey, eh? phone number. Just my wife. Just my wife. <laughs> okay, back to PRC. Okay, so anyways, these- oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I I have about the uh, about the predator. The, I yeah. mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of questions there. Like, uh, like why didn't you? But it reminds me of the uh, mountain bike technology with carbon fiber. It just makes sure. sense. Now, sure. you guys weren't douchey at that sort at that point. Be like, oh, nice carbon fiber. We'll go make our own. Thank you very much. We're gonna steal your idea and go make our own carbon fiber and call it the predator. You guys were cool and were like, hey, we would like to work with you. Partner with you, yeah. yeah. Now, so you get- did that thought cross your mind? No. 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 And why? Why? Why couldn't Why couldn't you look at it and be like, Mr. Wonderful, you're going to go like, oh, that's a good idea. We're going to go make our own. Mr. Wonderful. No, so what? What? what uh, the reason why not is, well, first of all, uh, business-wise, we wanted to partner with him locally uh, in the Boise market because he was very strong there for doing repair. But that's not why. That he gets a, a certain amount of dollars per predator we sell. It's not a whole lot, but it's you know enough to buy a Starbucks coffee and a you know it's 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 a certain amount. Okay. And if we don't, if they didn't sell, he wouldn't get that. If they sold, he'd get that. So we we, we couldn't really lose. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, it's like, a win-win. Yeah, like that. And you so don't we, have to go. You don't have to go invent the wheel. No, and no, and and we it was uh, it was neat neat to work with them, and we my dad ended we still up work with them on yeah. some things and cool. Yeah, my dad, my dad ended up going to Italy with them and doing yeah. some work. Yeah, there, him guys. and your dad are probably good buddies. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're tinkers. Yeah, for sure. And we actually me and me and we became friends, and we bought um, Carl Carl Raff was the machinist for the Ames brothers. He did all their machining in the early days, and he passed away. Um, he wanted to make premier. He was making some in his garage, yeah, in uh, in Belmont, California. There, anyways. Long story short, we, me and Don, his daughter called me when he passed, and we bought all his machinery. And me and Don met down there, and we split it up together. So we've become friends, and we've done some projects together, other than the carbon fiber taper. But no, there was there was no uh, reason to not include Don um, when someone's so generous like that. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Passion for yeah, it. Passion, generosity on his part. We just returned it. So yeah, is no but it was also easier for you to use his technology and work with him than to try to go do your own thing. But well, that it doesn't seem it. like that doesn't seem like that even crossed your mind. I mean, you have machinists at your shop, right? That you are developing developer guys that are developing stuff. You guys are developing. Your dad's working on stuff. Yeah, no, we ended up doing doing some modifications that were ours, and no, but it's, it it there's no point. 
You just you just brought him into the fold. I like it. Brought him in, uh, took what he had, and we we kind of jointly. He gets a. I think we send a check every two months to him, and yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So so Phil, um, you you guys were creating new tools. And yeah. you saw Phil had this like uh, he's got a meager following, but he's making some cool videos, and uh, he's looks like a cool kind of hip dude. Yeah, uh, content, yeah. What? Why the hell? Like, let me reach out to this guy and see if he wants to wear some Columbia swag while he does it. Yeah, because we, we wanted to get the the product knowledge out there, and then we started thinking about that's kind of how the brand ambassador program came along. We started thinking about I I, I always liked what Trimtex did with that drywaller of the year. Yeah, I did too. And I was always so, pissed that I didn't get Drywaller of the Year, but that's a different story. So I'm trying to think how can we do something how can we do something like this um to get recognition out there for the people that are using drywall taping tools and, and make make it kind of fun and cool, right? And yeah. there wasn't much out there at the time. So we started that brand ambassador program and it, and, it, and it helped us get our new products out there, obviously, where they would be showing them off, but it also helped build a community where people like Drywall Shorty became who they are. And and I'm not yeah. taking credit for that, but I'm just saying there was an avenue where they could get known for brands. And then guess what? Yeah. You got other people calling them like level five or Can-Am and then all of a sudden, and that, yeah, and then they can move on to those products. They can move on to everybody. They can move on to trim techs and yeah, and we build a community where these people get recognition for the for the work they're doing and for the brand awareness they're bringing. And yeah, Phil, but Phil Phil made it look like like it was like snowboarding or something. Yeah, like, Phil made it look like it was like uh, recreation. Yeah. Well, that's what I liked about it, right? It was, like, Phil Phil had a special touch. It was always people have always asked, how can we get sponsored? How can we, and there was never an avenue to do that before. You can't just put a person in a drywall magazine or something like that. Right. And I mean, well, and then so, nobody's really nurturing that muscle for these people. It's almost like you have to, cause you guys were talking about the quality of video and how like, and that never really occurred to me. Like I've made a shitload of videos, but I guess they're not as good. They're okay. But there's a quality of video I think that people intrinsically have. I asked Cam, I was like, did you like take video in high school? Like, what's your background? He's like, oh, no, man, I just make the video. And that's, I'm the same. I don't have a very good attention span when it comes to watching something on, if it doesn't catch my eye and get me going within 15 seconds, like a video that says, wait for it. There's no way I'm waiting for it. I don't care. Right. Right. Or, or an ad. If an ad pops up, it's like, oh. Yeah, it I'll better change. Be, it, better, it better be five or eight seconds because it better be it good. Be, and the content that I'm watching better be good because I'm not going to be sit through. I'm not going to yeah. sit through that commercial if I'm waiting to see something happen. So, um, yeah, so then we we kind of built from there, and we did. We started doing that. Um, and before I'd run the tech support line, which I still do for Columbia Tools, where if somebody has a technical problem, um, they can call in and we'll talk to them and get it solved so before that we didn't have video or cell phones so we just had to be like hey adjust this thing on the right you know the thing that looks like a disc and there's a chain running on it um so from there we thought okay here's a way we can get videos out there with youtube and instagram and facebook where we can teach people how to use the tools how to repair the tools smart because uh, the biggest thing that was missing i found for expansion was education a lot of people are intimidated by the product still are intimidated by the products but that's come down over the last 10 years yeah for sure. get yeah. there and people were why are you why are you giving this information away and i mean you're not giving any information well, away you're just trying to build the industry and get people yeah. lack of education 
like if you steal someone's method for filling a butt joint in the wall, I mean, you want to go do that in your town, go ahead. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. they, 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 how does it hurt Shorty, right? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. So speaking of drywall Shorty, now there's different like avenues that these people take. And we don't really talk about it. She was just kind of like, well, I work for Build. There, We were talking about the, the, the dynamic of like using the tools. And so how does it work? I'm trying to formulate my question here. So mm-hmm. she's like goes through Build. So they're like her agent, like you, yeah. like Columbia would pay build yeah. a certain amount to to use drywall short. How does that work? I just met him down at EWCI there. I think that's how it works. I think everything's done through the agent and she can just do the work and show up and do the. So here, but I don't know enough I, about we, it. We're, to, we're, but that so that's different than the film model, though. The film model, you guys are like. We've never worked with build. I don't I don't know them, but. Okay. But I'm sure that they're coming in now and, and consolidating people's product representation. But the thing about these people that you don't understand, it's a labor of love. Well, you do, you understand, maybe some listeners don't understand, is that Phil had to do like two or three hours of direct messaging every night from people like, why do you use a seven inch stone? Why don't you use a trowel? What? People asking him questions. He's like answering questions for, for one to three hours a night, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, if I were to buy tools, what, what should I buy first? Just questions like that, or or, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. or why do you use this music? And as, <laughs> and as his videos um, grew and his library got bigger, he'd get questions back to video number five when he's on video number eighty, yeah. about why he did this or why he did that. And there's a lot of work goes into it. And then <sighs> yeah, people people would contact Phil and be like, hey, um, will you will you use this product uh, in one of your videos? And we'll give it to you for free. Say, say it has a value of $400, the product, whatever it is. Sure. And he's like, well, it's kind of nice to get a free $400 thing. I got to do a video shoot. I got to take time. I got to edit it. And then yeah. I got to take DMs on the product. Uh, at night on the product. So he's like, what do I do? Sell the thing on Craigslist for 200 bucks? Like, you know, if it's not something he usually uses or needs anyways. he um, So he put that to me when we were on a trip. We were on a road trip. Uh, dude, he's, he's like, hey, where's my kickback on all these DMs? I mean, I mean, right? We had a lot of talks about monetization. He's like, I've got three hours a night into doing uh, yeah. customer support for Columbia. I think, I think it was a combination of editing, customer support, and it was about yeah. two or three hours a day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. You'd be at 10 at night, you know, telling the guy how, how much water to put in his mud or what type of mud to use. or So... Um, that wasn't easy. I don't think. Um, yeah. So but, you guys were like, uh, just, just bill us 50 an hour. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And then, and then like, so maybe it's good that there's an agency out there now that, that build guy has a million followers, which is mind stag blowing to me. And he, and he does cut, he does product reviews as oh. well, but he has this like little division of people. And yeah. the person that I met was like, handled drywall shorties and she was like oh i make i just make five videos a week yeah or a month sorry for these guys and 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 she has her own videographer and stuff i do like where it's gotten to where it's more natural now where i mean we have the brand ambassador program where we give people sets of tools and they'd be working for for us for like for a year and they had to use our products and i never really liked that i didn't like what it turned into because then it just looks like 
oh, you're just a Columbia brand ambassador using their products. Now we kind of do a monthly thing where we kind of mm. get people involved. I'd rather people be able to use whatever tools, whatever brand they want to use. And if they like it, mm. promote it. If you don't like that's it. Smart. That's smart. You don't want it to get to that. I mean, that's, I don't want to see that. I don't like seeing that when I'm looking at products that I'm interested in. Right. You don't want to see some. Yeah. Well, you, when I read reviews on something, you got to watch for the ones that are monetized. Right. Like, You'll see top right. five, um, I don't know, massage chairs, right? And some some product that people buy or top five uh, badminton courts for your yard. I don't know what what people buy, but but some some of them have this look and feel like they've been paid for each of those slots, the top five. You know, I mean, they it feels sometimes like a review is sold, like number one's worth this, number two, number three, number four, number five. It, it can feel that. Yeah. Way. Uh, so you, you do tend to look more for more authentic people that are just like guy in their garage with a t-shirt on just yeah. talking, you know what I mean? Then That's why like, I like that when drywall talk came out Yeah, and and then the Facebook groups and stuff like that. I, I was like, here's an avenue that actual people who are making great products can I, like it, it's a it's a true review board it's authentic yeah it's authentic oh it's yeah and well people really grilling each other back then it, yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, more no, crude no, people have chilled out yeah well i know but but they, it holds people accountable right i mean it's rough yeah it's rough yeah i got i took some and i was new too so i was very soft skinned and it was just like i'm not going back there <laughs> they're too mean they're too mean now i can kind of take it and i don't oh, care you, you know what you are the drywall talk now you're gonna be the drywall talk it's kind of yeah I mean. it's all if you can handle <laughs> i can't take this shit i'm gonna do it myself if you can handle the heat and back it up most people will get off you some people are having a bad day and... uh on on that in that uh arena but uh, it went rounds and rounds. And then all of a sudden I post a, a drywall podcast or a cam posted a video and he said something that was like, why would you do that? You know, like, why would you put color in the mud? Like, I get that a lot. Uh, and also, well, why would you put color in the mud if you're just going to paint over it? Like, <laughs> like, I, like, it's like beyond them that you, that you would use mud to be the final finish. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we get that about it's our weird. Uh, cheaper line of tools no, too, like that, it. that, People like, like we have, yeah. we have a, why would you do that? And yeah, I just said, all I said was, thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. That was my response. And I just was like, I didn't answer him why I do anything. I don't have to tell anybody why I do anything that I do. <laughs> you know, we have an introductory line of tools, the semi-automatic tools, right? The whole market, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we started with, with, uh, lower versions of CNC machines and we've gone up to higher version. I mean, you have to start somewhere. You got to bootstrap your way up, right? What is that? What is that tool called? The the original one that was made by by better than ever was called a super taper. We call it a semi-automatic taper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Semi-automatic taper. And And it does look primitive. It does. Way better though. Would you say, I don't know. I haven't tried it. I don't don't want to overset. It, well, I'm not even talking about the slot box. But <laughs> the uh, is it's got to be better than the standard banjo. Well, your footage because the banjo doesn't hold much mud, right? Right. Like, I've used a banjo a bunch, yeah. and they 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 work. They're they're not as good as a taping machine, but they work. There's a market for both. And I think they, I think people just don't get it. Like today is obviously a midterm election day in, in, in the states and an issue in florida might not be an issue in, in washington state right yeah like uh, and it's similar with tools people are like why would you use that 
And they actually probably are authentically wondering why the hell would anyone use that? Yeah. Right? Different yeah. markets are different yeah. though. Like some markets we sell I think it's authentic only that product into it. And really some do. markets we sell yeah. tapers, none of those, right? It's just the and way people also yeah. too, we're so close to it that my ego instantly is like why not do it? You know, you jerk. But the reality is like, they're asking a legitimate question and I'm so close to it. And I've been doing it for so long that it makes like perfect sense. It'd be like, why are yeah. people putting pigment into paint? It's yeah. like, well, because they want a selection of color. It's that simple. The answer, you know, but nobody's putting color into mud. It's a monochromatic medium. <laughs> like, that's why it's so mind blowing, and and you just imagine outs- you got like you got like a poster DM, and it says, "Why would you put color in the mud?" And you're like, "Holy shit! Why do I do that?" Yeah, and you and, and you're like, "I think I'll quit." <laughs> like, yeah. like I mean, yeah. if if it was just like everyone's negative opinion, or or, yeah. or you know, um, yeah, you definitely have to have a fix. But it's good though. It's like it's like testing with a bit of fire, right? Like it's like yeah. you yeah. to, to redefine what you do in your own head too, right? Yeah. And also, really I mean, same same vein, like Christy Alec called me out because I'm talking about how much product I save. And then she was like, yeah, but you use like in your video, in your training video, like you put your your mixer back into the water and it had a bunch of mud on it. You didn't even tap it off. <laughs> like She was like, grilled me about oh, a couple of things. Like technique things that I was like, I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like, (laughs) I called her. I saw that video. I thought the exact same thing. Oh, really? (laughs) No, 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 but that's. I'm going to have to edit that video. (laughs) Yeah, that should never be seen again. No, but no, but that, that, there is people out there that focus on literal minutiae of, of what they're watching. And that's a certain type of person. And they usually have a certain type of job and are, you know. But there's other people like fucking cool, man. That guy just put color on the wall. There's different stuff going on. You see in different there, things. Right? Everybody sees different things. So and the internet that. or the web or the different platforms puts us out to all these people. And one guy thought I one of our videos is like, man, you look like Alex Jones, right? I was a little heavier then, right? And it's like people have all these opinions that you would never think about what you're doing and what you're up to. Like you're like, where did that come from? Right. Sure. And yeah. uh it's it's kind of yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of, um, I don't even think about it anymore, really, because I understand there's going to be a thousand takes on it. Yeah. But to the extent that I do think about it, it does refine my own belief in what I'm doing or my own, it makes me think about it more through someone else's view. Anyways, yeah. And just, just like, I mean, some people really gravitate towards what I'm doing and some people don't and not not spending the energy because you guys really zeroed into Freeman. And I was like, well, Freeman had his, you know, not had his chance. I mean, I, I would always entertain like the conversation, but like he wasn't, he didn't see the vision. There's, and um, it, it goes back to that passion that you're talking about. You guys don't want somebody representing Columbia that yeah. prefers level five on a daily basis that, you know? Yeah. And there's also, I mean, some people have been approached so many times by yeah, so many different tried people stuff. with so many different ideas that it's hard to know which ones are the winners and which ones aren't the winners either. I, I mean, mean, yeah. How many independents? There's Freeman. There's um, Merco. Solid, product, solid Products is Merco. Um, how many more is there left, though? What do you mean by independents to mud companies? Well, like owner-operator where the owner's on the site. You know what I mean? Like like the... the okay. The, you know, it's like the... 
There's not that many left. I mean, uh, in the mud world, not that many in the mud world that I can think. And of. And there's it's... not very much mud. It's like what six, twelve. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's four muds that people use, right? Not much. No. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. That's so, crazy. Not, that is crazy. You're, you're not going to get one of these guys to take a risk at a major corporation right now. No, I don't think you're not. You're going to have to work with a guy, in a, a medium sized, a smaller guy. Hey, you might have to start making your own mud. <laughs> uh, pe- people have said that. Hey, I got a guy. I got a guy in Italy you could talk to. His name is Carlo. He makes mud on the uh, east coast of Italy. So Italy didn't, they did plaster, obviously. They invented, probably invented it in the Roman era, right? Venetia, yeah. that is, that's where it's yeah. from, right? Oh, yeah. So, but because of the earthquakes uh, that have caused massive devastation. Oh, repair. The new building code is drywall, uh, stick frame drywall for, or, 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 or steel stud drywall in hospitals and schools. Yeah. And, and in schools. But this guy, Carlo, started making his own mud because he couldn't get it. And, you know, shipping mud's like shipping water across the world, right? Yeah. It, but he's, got, he, over. he's got a batch plant there. He makes mud and he, he sells oh, funny. it. funny. He, he sells paint as well. But there's a guy that, I don't know, maybe Italy would like it. Because I it, would think because so. Because it's like, it would be like, like the old way of doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Makes me nervous to even think about it. I mean, I just want to get into Canada. <laughs> okay. well, it's right up there. And Canada's beautiful. We'll let you know if we know anybody. <laughs> um, no, I mean, and going back to CSR, I mean, that it, you know, at the very least, I had all these ideas and all these things I wanted to do. And it's like, yeah, I'll just go up there and, and meet these guys. And like, you know, if I can do a demo, great. If, if, I, yeah. if, if I don't get the opportunity to do a demo, that's fine. Um, you know, and it's kind of like, that's kind of how I have to be a lot, you know, whatever happens, happens. Can you mass produce your product or can you, and, and, or are there like five or 10 colors that are the most popular, like rather than trying to do the whole line, um, you do Benjamin, the whole Benjamin Moore spectrum, you said that, 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 that comment is, is common, uh, from entrepreneurs, and also, why don't you manufacture your own material? There's no, sort of an- yeah. there's answers to that. No, uh, one one is here's one answer. The kiosk holds forty colors. I like that. I think that's cool yeah. because it gives people an option. They could they could choose yeah. from the colors. You can go onto the kiosk and just pick out one of the forty colors. And with the six, what you're yeah forty yeah. With, there's six grays and then there's two big. 16 ounce bottles with like rich uh, uh Galtiero steel it's this like beautiful black and a beautiful purple really rich mm. a double color pack mm. so there's 48 colors total on a kiosk that's cool because and there's and the kiosk holds five colors deep so you can do like at least a room you know but you don't have to order that color you have access to it. people want instant gratification this goes back to shipping too and why don't put it in the product it makes shipping a lot easier. The product keeps on the shelf, which is super cool. That's important. Um, that's important. And then the kiosk also doesn't take up a lot of room in the showroom. I'm competing against plaster bags, like pallets of plaster and buckets yeah. of material that like I can keep a 200 unit kiosk in, in just in the, in the, in the showroom, like right in the showroom on the end cap or whatever, takes up zero space. Somebody can be like, oh, cool. This is neat. I'll take it home and try it next week or 
and they don't have to use it right away. Even after they mix it, you can put a lid on it with no water. And if the water's clean, I've used mud up to like a year later. Like oh, with the tint in it. And that's more what I was talking about with not wasting material other than beating off my mixer. It's about like yeah. that, you know, you mix up plaster, you got to use it just like quick set. Oh. You have to you have to use it because it's a, it has a setting time, whereas ready mix doesn't. And people have asked me, why don't you use quick set? And it's like, well, now you're back to plaster. One oh. of the problems with plaster is and when you're mixing a quick set or a powder, your color formula is is more difficult to uh, re, uh, t attain. Whereas with ready mix, it colors just like paint. So you have perfect color from batch to batch. Mm. It really caters to color. It's amazing. Really? So so it, so you're putting, the, wow. So it, it colors perfectly from batch. Let me repeat, because no other plaster system really colors. And that's where you get a, a lot of your issues with patching. It's because there's, oh, co there's, there's color drift from bag to bag. You're weighing out a powder versus yeah, just... Yeah. You know, those units of mud are are measured. And if your base color is consistent every time, then you're then and my color is formulated correct and you get all the color out of the bottle, you'll get perfect. So when I have to go do another room in that house, they want minor sand or uh gallery pearl or something, I don't have to that's not a, that's a non-issue. So who with your product, what is your, I mean, it's probably not totally specific. What is your target customer? Is it owner operator who is working with the uh, contractor on a, on, a, on a spec home? Is it anyone, anyone that wants beautiful walls, anyone that wants an option other than paint and texture, you know, like a builder up in Napa Valley had a, he was building a $25 million home. I interviewed him. I went up to Napa Valley and I uh, hung out with Dave Clark. DC two drywall was up there. The builder goes to Dave Clark and he says, Hey, you know, duh, we're over budget. We have $30,000 palm trees and 400 year old olive trees that we're implanting from like Italy on this thing, you know, like, is there any way I could save money on this house? And the guy was like, well, there's this product called Fresco Harmony because they had a $375,000 plaster budget. Whoa. You know, the guy that's like the prima donna that flies out to Italy all the time and does trainings and stuff. So Dave was like, well, there's this stuff. There's this color joint compound stuff. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. They requested four custom whites. I sent them to him. Dave's like, yeah, it's a pretty big project, blah, blah, blah. We've never done it before. I'm like, oh, you'll kill it. Don't worry about it. And uh, uh, they ended up, I think his bid was around 175000 Builder saved two hundred thousand dollars which is not nothing even on a two even on a 25 million dollar yeah. uh napa valley vineyard home it's not nothing but that, uh, that's that's lunch for a week for that owner of that home eh? that's, that's probably the, yeah yeah they'll be able to buy their second and third home with put it down yeah, pay, yeah. fill their wine rack <laughs> and so uh their first car yeah yeah and so uh and so they did the project. Builder saved uh, two hundred thousand, and really, it's the builder. The builder's not, you know, he's making money. But that, so that's, that, that is a good case study. It's an awesome that's a good one. case study. But what I'm trying to figure out is what will drive the purchasing of the product. Um, who's pitching it? What, is it like? Is it pull through where the homeowner sees it in a magazine or online and, and requests it? Is it? 
it's so the, the drywall guy the drywall guy has to sell it he he, he stands to benefit he stands to benefit the most because he's he going to make the money from it he's going to double they, or quadruple his profit margin i mean but the the predator is a great tool but it doesn't quadruple a a, a profit margin it just makes the day a little nicer but it doesn't make the money it doesn't make them they're going to still do the drywall with with any taper they have you're correct well, it doesn't change how much money they're getting per foot what right is what is the perfect drywall company? Is it the guy that has five crews? Is it an owner operator that has a helper? Is it a solo guy like Phil? Is it uh, a big it's, corporation with a front office and everything? Who, who, who have you worked with? If you were to think right now for where your products are, I know one, I know what you're saying one day. I mean, Chad Hesher, Chad Hesher is a small company out of Illinois. Uh, he's done like 25, thousand square feet something like that so he's made a bunch of money and you see an owner operator with maybe one helper or two helpers yep. yeah okay, he's yeah. like in that in that range yeah like drywall shorty i i sort of pitched it to her she was like oh there's a plaster guy in our area he does all the plaster we've tried that i'm not really into it um you know and i i let the conversation drop but drywall shorty and ryan they would fucking crush it with this shit like fucking crush it and well, every time I like, see every time I see her putting chalk into her mud and doing like a three way, I'm like, dude, if you want to play with color, man, you guys should really be fucking playing with color. Like, I, who gives a shit about the plaster guy down there? This is not plaster. You guys could be doing, you know, even if you did an accent wall for every builder that you every builder's home that you went on, you're going to make an extra thousand to two thousand dollars a job. That's the power of Fresco Harmony. It's this little color pack that you can like create this entire world with. And did you teach Cam how to do that or did you just do it himself? He watched a fucking video, dude. Cam yeah. went Cam went and was that. like I had an hour long conversation with Cam and and talking just the way we're talking right now and he was like I'm going to fucking do it. And he yeah. went and he and he yeah. bought he bought 150 bucks worth of product and he did an accent wall in his house. That wall that he did a video that's the first time he'd ever used the product. Yeah, and it turned out great, right? It's amazing. It's drywall mud. It's yeah. like, this is not rocket science, man. This is just like having the ability to just open up the blinders, like just let the light in a little bit and you can make like, more money. I'm kind of getting it now. I'm kind of getting what the approach is. The, 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 yeah, the, the conversation with Cam was not about how to do it. I mean, he had some questions about there's questions. Don't get me wrong. I mean, people have all kinds of questions about how to do it, how to mix it, like all, all kinds of all that stuff. The conversation that I have with people is around how to sell it. Like that is the conversation because builders don't know it exists. And it's easy for a drywall guy to say, oh, well, that doesn't sell in my area. It's easier for you guys to say, oh, that's a Southwestern well, thing. I, that's it, why you got to keep doing what you're doing and getting the information. No, it, there, it's right? 100% right. So he, he's got to go find the, the early adopters yeah. that are out there. You got to work and, with them. And I'll bet you it's almost traceable, like per town. I'll yeah. bet you that if you met, if there was 10 guys in uh, uh, Southern Colorado um, that drywalled in a town like Durango, if there's 20, 30 guys, Durango is probably bigger than that, but um, and I bet you, if, if you talk to all 30, let's just make up a number 30, I'll bet you would get a certain percentage, call it three, that would be yeah. 10%. And I bet you that would be true across the board. That's I talked to, I talked with you guys too, uh, to out West drywall supply. So yeah. that, that, that 
podcast is going to drop Friday. So yeah. they have four, four shops and this, so, so, so there's a, there's a level of drywall company that, that you could probably narrow down that would be more inclined to use the product. Well, there's a level of drywall supply shop that would be more inclined to carry it yeah, too. Sure. And it, you're right. I think you said it earlier. It's the smaller shops. So, and I yeah. brought you guys up to uh, Max and uh, Billy with Outwest Drywall Supply. I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if you've targeted them or talked to them ever. We do a little bit of business with them. Yeah, we do. So uh, they started selling. He wanted an exclusive deal. They started selling Fresco Harmony. We did a training at the Glenwood Springs location. They have a large plaster conglomerate already. People that are already doing plaster in Aspen, Vail, and those markets. Oh, yeah. Um, that, you know, so that was a little nugget. So Max was proactive, the shop guy, and he got like 30 people to the training. Oh, All wow. those people, and those guys were grilling me. So imagine me standing yeah. up in front of 30 people talking about colored mud for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you singing. If, if I did not sing, <laughs> my hair was dyed blonde and I just dove into it and I was like, here's, here's the thing you know, and talk to him plainly the way I'm talking to you now. Do you guys want to make more? This is an easier way to do it. You're still going to make the money that you're making with plaster. What's the next need for Fresco Harmony? Like, uh, what's the next step for you guys? More distributors, you know, uh, awareness, awareness in a larger market. Volume. Volume. Yeah, yeah. And and you asked how much I could produce. I can produce 100 bottles an hour. I mean, that that wouldn't necessarily be an issue. It would be difficult if somebody was like, if 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 I approached Home Depot and they're like, we, you know, or anyone, and they were like, we want to put you in fifty stores. Well, that would be challenging. There would need to be some some capital for that to occur. But I could handle, you know, I mean, I could handle five to ten shops. I mean, that would be that would be a good starting point right now. We were talking about long term goals, short term goals. Do you need like trainers to go out and train? No, I would go. I would go. At this point, yeah, I just go, just just like, you know, I'd hitch up the wagon well, with the kid. Organically, you can do that, right? <laughs> you can actually be a part of it and get a town going, and then move on to the next town. And yeah, yeah, like El Paso, like I'm nurturing that relationship right now. He was even asking about a training, and it's like, dude, I was down there. You know, I I can drive back down there and do a training, but uh, that the training's kind of a big deal, and that also. Yeah. That also pushes the the drywall distributor to to uh, promote the product if they want to carry it. Is it time to buy the Sprinter van? Like the you know like the oh motor? man, I'm kind of a trailer guy. I like you know I, I like the idea of a trailer more than like an RV. And, and then I have you can drop it and drive the truck yeah. around. Yeah, then I can drive my truck and I could take product with me. But um, nice. Good. Well, I think. Uh, I think we'll probably do this again one day as, as time goes on. Uh, I'd love to visit back in as you make progress with the product. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'd like to help you out in some way, any way we can too with uh, getting it going. I think it's a neat thing. I think that you yeah. got to get in the right hands and you got to unlock that kind of combination lock of who, what, when, where, and kind of – yeah. You'll, you'll, and you'll get these big bursts that'll happen over the next five years. That's funny. You say, you, you say combination lock and, yeah, and yeah. I, I always say crack the code. Like crack I'm trying to, crack, yeah. I'm trying to crack this code and I like the way your wheels are turning. You're like, how could he market that? You know, that's just the natural well, marketeer. And you, but how we operate here is you look yeah. at your goals and then 
each week you try to make progress towards those goals, right? And each, each, each thing you do is a step, right? And you have to do sometimes a thousand steps to get to where you want to go. And you just keep thinking of what's the next thing I can do to get to that goal. And once you've achieved whatever the last thing was, right. And then what, and then the next thing, you know, we turn around and Nick's on with Oprah Winfrey on her yeah. favorite things. Right. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's Oprah. Does Oprah Winfrey still have a show? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's still part of the, if she does, you'll be on. Yeah. Now it'd be, you know what? It'd be cool just to have those walls and ceilings characters, like just throw me yeah. a bone. Hey, what about what yeah. about the AWCI show? Are you going to be in? Uh, is it in Vegas? Is Vegas is here? Yeah. Yeah. I well, I mean, I'll definitely be there. I I've talked with Shane a little bit, and then it's like, do I want to like share a booth? I you know, but I've talked with Shane, uh, Shane with the platformer, and then we've you've got Corey with uh, the Tech Dry tool, and those guys are just cool guys, and they're like me. They're small. They invented something in yeah. this difficult space. <laughs> Sure, sure. And we were talking about, you know, just brainstorming the same sort of thing. Like how can smaller guys, you know, branch out and get the attention of the larger market? Um, you know, and we, we had sort of a quasi idea of like a drywall um, association, you know, maybe like the AWCI, but for, for just anybody that wants to join regular, regular tapers or hangers or finishers, you know, like I was like, that's a pretty good idea, you know? And then even smaller than that, like a mastermind group uh, would be very cool with some players from different parts of the region sure. where you have a phone call once a month and we talk about cool new ideas and and brainstorm because I might have a different marketing strategy to, to market the Columbia than you guys. Cause you're so close to it. Then all of a sudden yeah. I'm getting this different feedback yeah. and then Corey's like, Oh, you haven't even tried this. You should just, yeah. Oh, you got to pick up the phone. You got to call these guys or yeah. you got to, you know, and it, these things don't occur to us because we're so close to our product all the time. And you just assume people are going to want it and people are, yeah, there's a, it's a weird mind game you can play with it for sure. No, I think, uh, I think I'd like to try it myself on a wall. I think I'd like to do that. Uh, oh yeah. My my neighbor was like, it's very ex experiential. Uh, yeah. He's an, he's an architect. He's a really cool dude, but he was doing a, he was doing a remodeling his bathroom and he was like stuck in the drywall for like days. And I was like, dude, just let me fresco harmony. And he knew like, he knows I'm into fresco harmony and like, there's no way I was going to help him texture and paint his bathroom. Like, you know, and so his wife, his wife was gone and I was like, I've got some JJ Ash, dude, just let me do the sanded finish. I'll do it right over the top of the drywall. I'll be done in three hours. And he was like, yeah, right, dude. And uh, yeah, three hours it took me and I blew out his entire bathroom and it was done and it looks, looks like a spa. It's gorgeous. Nice. Really? That's cool. And, and, and anything too, if there's like a, if there's like a shitty drywall job, which no, none of your listeners ever do, but, but like there are out there, these hack jobs, oh, you, yeah. you can go right over top of them, right? Doesn't matter. Doesn't. And I'd almost prefer it. I'd almost prefer know, right? to go it. over, uh, to go over like an orange peel substrate or a painted orange peel substrate. It's almost like the ideal uh, substrate. Perfect. It's weird. Yeah, well, it's, I'll check out your color palette on your website, and I'll uh, maybe pick a color or two that I want to. I've got to think of a wall I want to do, but I think we may be in our office here, even. Yeah, like to yeah. Try text it. me. Let me know. It would it would be fun to it would be fun to come up to uh, BC. First of all, you guys are close to my family. It'd be fun to come up there and invite some people and do Washington. yeah yeah that'd and be good. do like do like a do like just a fun hangout and we'll do like a training. Like that would be yeah. cool. Let's do, let's do um, like we could do our office here. This is a wood wall behind us, but the rest are, uh, are, are gypsum. 
with uh, yeah. two bar seating. We could, we could do a tent here. Yeah, great. Sure. And we could, you know what? We could go right over that wood wall, which would be awesome with fiber fuse, and we could blow out that whole wood wall. Not that you want to, but <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having us again, hey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we did the branding CSR. I'll probably see you guys and get to meet you there. Um, yeah. Oh, your pearl of wisdom for uh, Columbia Tools. If you could instill a pearl of wisdom upon the drywall community in any capacity, what would it be? What would you put on a billboard if you could say I something? Think, uh, we could do uh, both you guys. For me, it would be never think you're the best at what you're doing uh, because that gets you in a hole um you always want to be innovating trying to be better at what you do uh to move forward like if you have it, you kind of pause yourself if you think you're the best at what you do and you kind of let people pass you so you want to always be thinking about how to be better at what you do yeah i think i think uh my pearl of wisdom to the drywall trade would be um just taking from my own experience is when you're most of them are entrepreneurs at a level even if they're even a sub trade being paid by the foot they're they are the business themselves is to, you know, give themselves a pat on the back for the hard work they do and be like, um, most people out there nowadays, Nick, I, I mean, I call it fake work and there's a lot of fake jobs out there nowadays where people don't do a lot in a day because of technology. And I'm not knocking those people because maybe that's what's available to them. Maybe that's what, what works for them. But I don't care what you say. There's no drywaller that's fake working out there. Like, yeah. like no. I don't know how you would do that. No. <laughs> yeah, how you would fake, you know, not working hard at drywall. Yeah. Um, and I think give yourself, give, people should give themselves a pat on the back. I mean, I think, I think sure. it's a tough job. So that's all. I'll yeah. Say. Be gentle with yourself. Yeah. But don't, but don't think you're the best. No, <laughs> no, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do something. <laughs> Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Like if you're, you know what I mean? Like if otherwise you just keep going down a hole and you can't catch the marbles because they're falling everywhere. And I always yeah. like just do something today that'll help me out tomorrow. Right. And and never, and never ever consider yourself just a drywaller because I, I, far as I'm concerned, that's yeah. pretty obvious. So yeah. That's a bad rabbit hole to go down. I talked a little bit on the David Lee interview about mental health um, you know, it's, it's a real thing and, um, be aware, be gentle with yourself. And, uh, um, right. you know, you're doing something original and unique and, uh, yeah. And, and, and also we have a choice every day of, you know, how we want to, how we want to live sort of each day, yeah. you know, what, what we want to make happen. Not everyone can do drywall. And, and it's a thing that is pretty widely acknowledged by a lot of people. Like carpenters are like, I can't do that. And but yet the the respect doesn't seem to flow, even though people people know they can't do it, but they kind of like, um, I don't know. They go, I know a guy, he's great at it, and they just kind of leave it to him. But then drywallers themselves, I mean, they're getting there is more pride coming into the trade. There for is sure. there is more coming in. There is a lot more coming in. Yeah, yeah, for thing. sure. Think, and that's what we really liked about Phil, and that's what we liked about was like bring, bring all the brand ambassador, everybody, Jordy. everybody. Is, is, is bringing pride, yeah. Bringing, bringing yeah. pride into the industry, and and yeah, it's the most badass industry out there. Yeah, um, it, it's pretty. It's <laughs> it's fun. I'm so grateful that I get that I got a chance to talk to you guys, and I get to explore the industry. And the podcast has helped, like, sort of blossom that 
for me, like that, that idea that we are a community, this is a community and this is a way that we can all connect. It's so cool. It's so cool. And it's a community of independent minded people, but we are a community. Travelers work alone and they tend to act alone, but, but we, it's, it's forming. The community is forming. I like it. Yeah, it is. It really is. Aaron and Elliot St. James, Columbia Tools. Great product. Great guys. Hopefully we'll see you at CSR um, in Toronto in a couple of weeks. How exciting is that? And um, and eventually we will get to play with product. I promise you, it is a lot of fun. You guys will love it. And um, yeah. Keep, keep, keep us part of your journey. Yeah, for sure. You guys have a fantastic day and we will talk soon. All right, right, Nick. Thanks, man. All right. Take it easy, guys. Special thanks to Aaron and Elliot for being on the Drywall Podcast today. Uh, I appreciate your guys' time and insight so much. I hope our listeners appreciate you guys as well. You can listen to the Drywall Podcast every Friday on your favorite platforms such as Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. The Drywall Podcast was brought to you exclusively by Fresco Harmony. Fresco Harmony, making walls better since 2004. If you have any questions about the Drywall Podcast, Fresco Harmony, um, you can email me directly at info at frescoharmony.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Until next time, keep drywalling.